You're listening to the Left Behind Game Club. Welcome to the Left Behind Game Club. Left Behind looks to replicate the environment when games are first released and establish a community of people playing the same game at the same damn time. I'm your host, Jacob McCourt, and with me, Mike and Mo. Mike, why don't you introduce yourself first? Hi, my name is Michael Ruflo, and I'm a marketing consultant hoping to get into the video game industry. Mo Murtadi over here, a developer working on apps and games, everything in between, and really like video games and excited to do this with you guys. And I guess I'm an aspiring radio personality, uh, hence, hence the reason why I went up here, but um, uh, I also have a passion for games. So the first game that we have is Shadow of the Colossus, um, but before we get to that, um, Mike, maybe you want to just talk to talk about why we decided to do this podcast. Yeah, I think that's a great idea. We should probably outline why this thing exists to begin with and, and outline it for people. So I, I think it really came out of... Uh, talking with you guys and realizing that the way the industry has developed and, and moved on, when we were younger and we were coming up, we were, everyone was playing the same game at the same time, and it was easy to have those discussions with people. You knew that if you if they liked video games, you could almost definitely know the exact games that you could touch with. And now gaming has grown, and you know that's fantastic. But one of the consequences of it growing and being as big as it is is that uh, you know when you find out someone's into games, they could be playing a game that you've never heard of that you've never touched, that you're, you know, unaware of. Uh, and it's tougher to find those in-person conversations that you used to have before. And so I think one of the things that we want to do is uh, bring some of that discussion back, and especially when we have backlogs as big as we do, uh, with so many games being remastered, it's nice to be able to recapture some of that energy uh, that was there at the time and make it feel like you're playing along at the exact same time as everyone else. So that's that's my short little take on why I think we exist. I don't know how you guys feel. Yeah, same thing. Kind of just exactly what you said. Re, like reliving those games that we used to play, um, especially the ones that like maybe no one's ever seen, no one's ever heard of, and maybe or maybe they've heard someone mention it. This is kind of their chance to like see what that's all, all about and maybe play along because that's kind of part of it as well. Yeah, and I don't know if it's because my habits have changed, but I feel as though I don't play games when they come out anymore i used to be kind of an adamant like new yeah. release i'll play it when it comes out kind of guy but these days i rarely play a game the day it comes out uh and what's what sucks is you miss on kind of the zeitgeist of uh you know that first day when everyone's talking about it because if you play it even two months later the community might not necessarily be there i think of something like evolve which is probably a bad example but um i tried to play it a few months after release and there's like not anyone playing it so bad example but i think you understand my point um no, i completely agree i think uh the one that strikes me uh you know right on the forehead is fez fez is so much that you have to uh deconstruct and there's all these little puzzles that the community you know uh, comes together to figure out uh and if you came to that game a month or two after it was released you know everything's already been solved already it's it's easy to go and find all of the answers, and you miss some of that great community interaction that those games facilitate. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so so with that, our first game is Shadow of the Colossus. Uh, it's a game that came out many moons ago, I think 2005, uh, for the PlayStation 2 originally. has been re-released on the PlayStation 3 as of a part of a bundle. Uh, but, you know, we decided to pick this game. Why do you think we decided to pick this one to start? 
Well, I don't know. I think we we wanted to pick something that maybe some people played, some people didn't play. Kind of have something that has a little bit of backbone. And I especially have always been a big fan of it. As you guys know, I've ranted and raved about it in several times when we've talked about different games. Um, how it, how I was introduced to it, it was literally one of those $29 bin games where you go with your parents, wow. you sit there, you, they're like, hey, you know what, go, go. If, if you find something you like, you kind of talk them into buying it for you. That was it for me. It was kind of like just shopping around, no real, I didn't know anything about it. I just knew I wanted a video game because it was my life back in the day. Did you get a Greatest <laughs> and, Hits version? Okay, so I, I bought two copies of it. The first time I bought it, it wasn't a Greatest Hits. It was just a $29.99 bin game. And then the second time I bought it, when I bought a PS2, once the PS3 came out, I bought the Greatest Hits version because I wanted to play it again. Um, so it was a very organic discovery, like nothing really that big. And even while going through it, I know we'll talk about it later, but it was like, what did I get myself into? Like I wasn't expecting this type of game, if that makes sense. Because usually I was st- stuck with those like story games or you play those multiplayer like uh, racing games back in the day. This was kind of a different experience, and that's why I kind of always talk to people about it, and I still have it in my top five favorite video games of all time, both for nostalgic purposes mm-hmm. and for it kind of catching me off guard. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. I, uh, for me, I, I think it was a great idea to do because it's one of those staples that clearly Sony keeps remastering it or uh, recreating it generation after generation since its release, and uh, it was something that I've never played before. And Jacob, have you? did you play it before this? So yeah, I owned a copy, a PlayStation 2 copy, back in the day. I, I think I bought it when it was the greatest hits. Uh, I played, I think, through the first two or three Colossi, and I just, it didn't hook me. I don't know what it was, if there were other games at the time that hooked me instead, but um, I, I just didn't, it didn't stick with me. And I, I like I said, first two or three Colossi, and then I stopped playing it. So this is the first time that I'm actually going to go through the game uh, in t- in its entirety, and I think it's it's a great time mm. to do so, especially given what's happening uh, with the PlayStation Four version that's coming out uh, soon, right, Mike? Yeah. So E three just ha- is is in the middle of happening right now, and at Sony's press conference, they said Studio Japan, in collaboration with Bluepoint, uh, is going to be creating a, uh, a a new version of Shadow of the Colossus. So. On the PS3, they did a remaster of it, and now Bluepoint's doing a remake of it. Uh, and so far, it seems like it's going to be the exact same content, only you know an, uh, an updated control scheme with the original tucked in there. If you still want to play it that way, but uh, but yeah, it seems like we we picked the right game at the right time. And as you say that, so just so everyone listening can know, I decided not to watch anything. I'm gonna watch it while you guys keep talking, just try to see what they're doing with this new game because once again really close to my heart i hope it's either remastered or they add a few couple things but we'll see anyways yeah especially given how and i'm sure we'll talk about this later but to me the game feels very dated i'll leave it at that um i guess maybe to start uh, i'll just say yeah he's listening to it <laughs> we'll start first by thing saying, first thing Pixels, pixels on pixels. Oh, <laughs> I, I don't know, Jake. You played the PS3 version, so it probably looked better than no, the PS2 one. No, I'm playing one. the PlayStation 2 version on a PlayStation 3. Oh, oh my man. gosh! Okay, I'm playing the PlayStation 2 on a big old fat PlayStation 2. Uh, oh, nice. Yeah, 480p yeah. on a 1080p TV. Oh, God. Yeah, I have my aspect ratio right here. It's 512 by 448 of like 
potato pixels. <laughs> I have it on progressive scan, but it it's on. not doing much better. Okay, yeah. And then this trailer is just... Oh, that's my favorite Colossi right now. Oh my gosh. So while GG. he watches that... Uh, I just want to warn everyone that we will be spoiling the first half of the game, so the first eight colossi, and then the next episode that we'll do, we'll cover the back half of the game, but anything kind of in the first eight colossi is fair game. Uh, so with that, because Mo is still watching the first bit of that it's trailer. Over and it was great. How do you feel? <laughs> it's over, and it was great. I, it looks beautiful. It's exactly like it's like the game we're playing. It's the game I remember, but it just looks better. It looks really good. Well then, why don't you start and um, talk about? Why don't you talk about how you feel um, about the game in general to start? Yeah. Um, so, like I mentioned, it's it's unique. So, for those of you who haven't played it, or maybe you're just about to play it soon, it's essentially it's I I can I label it as a puzzle game where you play this character who, for some reason, has to carry on and fight these massive beasts slash titans slash whatever you want to call it, figures, and each one has either a weak spot or a unique way of tackling them, and there's not really much that kind of guides you. It's kind of like, hey, here's a sword, here's a bow and arrow, hunt these guys down and take them down however you may. Um, and being like I love, a lover of puzzles growing up, it kind of just, it's it was it was the game. It was the one that kind of like kept, kept me really interested even 10, 15 years down uh, after... The time has passed. And it seems like um, you're not the only one, considering that Sony keeps uh, remastering it and putting it out there. And Yeah. You know. And it, is it... I can't remember if I've seen this, the number somewhere, but I think it was like top five PS2 game. Or if you ever look at those lists, the top ten PS2 games of all time... Are you talking about sales uh, or... No, just like... Uh, Critical like, you know, the review like Exactly. Oh, the okay. games, when they say, what are the best games that came out for, this, for these consoles? Um, the PS2 one, I'm, uh, I want to say... Every single one I've seen has it somewhere in the top ten, um, for various different reasons. But I think uh, the fact that it's unique, it's different, and it's the, the way it, it plays. I think that, that those are big factors in it. Yeah. Let's see here, Mike. Definitely. How do you feel about it in general? Yeah. So, so I, I felt that one. It was clearly from a from a design of uh, of the past. Um, there were there were you know a variety of little things that I've grown accustomed to playing games in you know the modern era where you you don't have to worry about saving you don't have to uh, worry about checkpoints and things like that you know that if if you die at the boss it's going to start you right back at the beginning of the boss um, oh with that just as a heads up there are checkpoint locations where you can save there are. Uh, but, but they what? don't kind of like they're not standing out they're random buildings yeah, yeah I know I you have to I don't know about it the first time I played them. Yeah, so there are checkpoints. You just uh, they don't stand out that well, but yeah, they are there. Yeah, it's just I, I completely recognize that they're there. It's just the difference <laughs> of having to go and actively save at that place versus the game knowing that like, oh, okay, well, yeah. chances are you're likely to die here, and when you start back, you don't want to make another trek across this uh, this barren wasteland. Uh, yeah. <laughs> you so. know what that reminds me of? That's like that reminds me of like someone like. Uh, they're, they're playing an old game for now, and they're like, what? There's no VR? What kind of pagan game is this? <laughs> <Right. Yeah. laughs> what? There's no checkpoint saving? Like, do they even know how to dev? We'll be, like, what's going we'll on? We'll be living in that future soon <laughs> enough, I think. Yeah, um, exactly. But yeah, yeah, you know, when I when I played, when I started up this game, first I was kind of surprised that there was as much of a story as there was. 
Um, yeah. And it it really struck me as, you know, in the vein of Zelda, as odd as that might sound, uh, that you're, you're a character with a sword, you're completing this quest to save this this girl or this princess, um, and you have to tackle these bosses along the way. Uh, and it seems to be based around platforming and then completing uh, a battle. Um, that's what that's what struck me when I when I first started playing the game. I really really dislike the controls, uh, and it struck me as <laughs> very very old. Um, oh I yeah. Think, I think the thing that maybe annoys me the most is uh, X and triangle. Triangle being jump instead of yes. X. Um, that is that's caused me to die. I think once or twice, and <laughs> yeah, and it's I hear or, or miss a jump and a grab. Um, the other thing is that I don't think it quite makes clear all of your control options. So uh, I think it's the third or fourth colossi where you have to swim under uh, a bridge to get into the into the space. Mm-hmm. I, I I couldn't. It took me forever. I had to. I I was in the water swimming around at the slowest speed possible, um, and trying every button I could until I finally pulled up a wiki because I'm too old to spend all day trying to figure out how to get through this stuff. Uh, you know what's crazy? Back in the day, one. that was just that. That was those are the games that like you didn't have really a wiki. It was like, right. hey, figure it out. You yeah. have you have no responsibilities. You have Definitely. weeks on weeks of just this game because you bought a game and you enjoyed it for a while. Yeah, or you so go like, into hey, a physical store and you buy a Brady Games uh, strategy yes. guide for $30 to solve nah, one thing. See, see I, I never Man. did that, and I know Me exactly neither. what you mean, Mo, because when you were a kid, like you had all of this time to go through these games, and... I think this goes back to the feel of the game. One of the things that really struck me was you've seen the rise of like Demon Souls and Dark Souls and the Souls games and how they're ruthless and they're tough. And when you beat them, you get this sense of accomplishment. I think it brings me back to when I was a kid. I, I bashed my head against the wall of these games nonstop. And I felt this great sense of accomplishment getting through this puzzle or beating the game almost because it was so difficult to do. And because the design wasn't clear as to you know how you should be doing it, they didn't signal the right controls at the right time, or you know the breadcrumbs, the checkpoints, things like that. So when it, when I go back to the feel of the game, it really strikes me as something that uh, you know th- this was an era of the challenge was just ever present, and uh, and you were okay with yeah. it the whole time. It's just like hey, that was part of it. You know, I paid the or my parents at the time, obviously for all of us, my parents paid the thirty, forty dollars, and this is. A great little bit of thirty or forty dollars. Yeah, I uh, I definitely appreciate that challenge when it comes to the feel. Jake, what 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 was your take on it? Uh, I, as far as like the, the control, I uh, just kind of going back to that. I just wanted to make the point about the camera. We haven't necessarily talked about the camera. <sighs> um, it struggles, and, and I mean this is now a a twelve year old game, so I understand at the time um, the camera was probably average at best. Um, but the camera's bad. But what strikes me as something that's even more painful to deal with is the horse controls. <laughs> uh, yeah. No, when, he, when 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 an object comes in his way and he just makes an abrupt stop, is that what you're talking uh, about? That you- and making a turn, like I, it's just yeah. Is, yeah. it is impossible. Well, unless they were trying to make a horse that is actually like riding a horse in real life, where it's it's not easy to ride a horse, uh, the horse controls are just bad. 
And I really hope that in the new version that's developed by Japan Studio and Blue Point that they address the horse control specifically because in some instances you have to use your horse to take down one of these colossi and it just makes it very yep. difficult to do so. You, you know yeah, what? 100%. I, I thought at first that it was, you know, maybe it's a thing about the time. You know, this game came out 12 years ago. But when I think about it, you know, Epona in uh, Ocarina of Time was not a tough horse to, like, to, nope. to, to control, to navigate. And that was, you know, one joystick, uh, let alone you have two uh, on the on the DualShock. Mm-hmm. But but how many colossi did they have to deal with? <laughs> that's that's the question. At the end of the day, they had none. <laughs> no, I, I just think point, about no, it, remember. The, I, I just think about horse each control. Asset, each ty- Sorry, what were you going to say, Mo? Uh, I was just saying. So one of the things you also have to like understand is the the colossi themselves are sitting in a gigantic environment. It's not really a so the the, the console itself has to keep up. It's, I'm not like defending it. Actually, oh, from am, a technical perspective. Dream. Yeah, from a technical perspective, like you got these environments are massive, like vertically, horizontally, and like just the depth. Like some of these arenas, you guys that we fight these colossi in, are gigantic. So the PS2, at the time, is kind of fighting with rendering everything, making sure everything's developed. So the whole speed thing of the camera that could have been part like a performance thing. It's like you know what we might need it to go a little slower, or maybe the PS2 can't render it quick enough. But let's see if we can get any ex- user experience. I have to uh, agree. I have to agree. I was impressed with uh, both impressed and shocked at how poor it performed at times first impressed yeah. with how big some of these colossi are and the environments that they're rendering them in uh, and then I was shocked at how bad the lighting could be at points or how bad Absolutely. the animation is it just me or does the whole scallop. game just look washed out yeah they well, definitely have some uh, visual uh, Jacob, with when did you first play this game? Remember when you said you didn't like really. You went through one or two colossi. Yeah. When was that? I feel like it was within the first two years of release. So it's uh, no way, really. Okay. Yeah, but again, okay, like so, I said, it just didn't stick. I, I I don't remember having any complaints about it from a graphical or technical or control perspective. It's just yeah. it didn't it didn't hook me. And that was here. That's the reason why I brought that up. Was so I played it probably around that time too because it was obviously it was $30 by the time I picked it up mm-hmm. but so when I played it like my memory of it great looking game the the mechanics were fine like it wasn't really an issue but then again remember like this is like you're a child you're like any user experience is a great user experience because we don't <laughs> have the privilege of playing in super 3D 4K gaming yeah. so it was like you know what it's bad but relative to the time it's like I'm not going to complain it's, it's obviously not the best graphically beautiful looking game but It'll do the job. Like I can spend hours on this game for sure. If I had been playing this on an old CRT TV, I'm sure it would look much better. Uh, but I'm playing it on a 1080p TV. That's you know, and your eyes are expecting it too. You're expecting yeah. a 1080 yeah. game. Yeah, um, but, but I, yeah, just, I, I totally I really understand like, why they're going and and maybe the visual acuity isn't great, but the draw distance that you get, as you mentioned, in those gigantic environments, and I have to say the first time that you climb on a colossi, and maybe not necessarily the first one, but maybe like the second one, when you're on top of the colossi and you spin the camera around, or when you start getting shaken off, like that's the first time where I just went, oh my god, this is this must have been a technical yeah. masterpiece back in 2005. Definitely. Yeah, no, it, it, I, you guys, I just... I love this game. I, I really love this game. <laughs> but yeah, I, I guess I, I want to um, ask um, what 
what your your favorite moment is, like what your favorite colossi would have been, or the moment that sticks with you the most. Yeah, do you want me to go first? Because I vividly, yeah, like, even it. when I first played it to the when I replayed it right now, it's the same colossi. He wasn't that crazy. I can't remember the number. I want to say third. The towered guy, the guy that's super tall You're with right. a giant stick that smashes the ground. That's number three. Yeah, so that just so you got to remember, like when you approach it, you see a giant piece of rubble. You're on top of this giant platform, and there's just rocks on the ground. And then they, he, the guy stands up, and he's like skyscraper size. And not only that, he's holding the CN Tower in his hand, <laughs> and that and that's what he's using to bring doom to your life. He swings it, and just the speed of it coming down, and you're like, what is happening? I've gotten crushed by it several times. I remember when I first played it, because I didn't know how to run away. Oh. You can't tell where he's about to drop it. Mm. But See, after playing it so many times, I know exactly how to dodge him. But, man, I, just when he stands up and swings, whoo! I was very technically impressed with that Colossi the third uh, because he's so big. Um, and it goes back to, I think, what Jacob was saying earlier about how you know, when they try and throw you off or when you, uh, when you're climbing and you're at the top of them and you see, you know, just how much there is and how much they're rendering and trying to get into the game at one period of time, definitely highly impressed. Jake, what was your, uh, what was your favorite? I think for me, uh, I don't want to say the game wasn't hooking me at first, but like I obviously had that first flash of, okay, now I understand. Cause the first Colossi is relatively small, um, in comparison to you is yep. maybe like if you're, six feet in the game maybe this colossi is 60 feet which is it's impressive but it's small and then you get to the second colossi who's just much much larger and then you're like okay all right but for me actually it was the first time where my like oh crap moment was was when i was going up against the fifth colossi the flying colossi and when he started circling the environment so you're in a kind of a water in a on a river where there are platforms that are coming up and you see this colossi kind of just circling and obviously the only thing that you can do is either stand in a, in a spot or kind of shoot it with a bone arrow so shoot it with the bone arrow and it comes down towards me and i just happen to be in the right spot because it has those wings that have like two spots you can grab onto one on each side and to me mm-hmm when you grab onto that colossi and go for a ride and actually see how far you are up in the air and how you're circling this seemingly much larger environment than you first thought that to me was the first time where i'm like okay i understand why people are hot on this game because this is this is genuinely cool yeah then obviously the worst part about that colossi is getting knocked off because now you're in the middle of this gigantic <laughs> ocean trying to get to that one spot to try to get back on him. Oh, that's yeah. that, that one takes time if you don't take him down the first time you grab onto him. Jake, yeah, I and- could not agree more because that was my highlight as well. I, uh, I did the first five Colossi in like an hour and a half, two hours, and I took a break after that fifth one. Um, but it was exactly that moment of, by chance, jumping up and catching onto that hairy portion on the wing and realizing that, Oh my God, I was going for this ride. Uh, that exactly, exactly the same. It just hit me of like, wow. Okay. Now I understand why everyone is so hyped on this game. This is an amazing moment. And they get progressively longer. So like the first Colossi you can take down once you figure out the controls, maybe in 10 minutes, but once you get to yeah. that point, like you're now taking between travel time and time to take down the Colossi, um, you're taking easily 30 to 45 minutes. And I'm sure that's only going to get longer 
in some of the back half of the it's, game. It's it's almost it's, some of them are not even much longer. It's just like you have to look at it from a different point of view. So when they added that flying one, that was a completely different dynamic. Yes, you're finding a weak spot. Yes, you're like trying to stab the guy, but like it's like okay, how do I connect with it? Some of them won't have any way of like climbing onto them that you see initially, but then like depending on the, the, the environment you're in, that kind of plays a role. And it, it does yep. a really decent way of like giving you some kind of hints, but without telling you anything. I agree. Because I don't know about you guys, there's, they don't... And they, I think in the very beginning when you load the game, when you play that small colossi, they might show you how to swing your sword. They might show you how to grab onto things, but then they're like, hey, figure it out. Yeah. Like, we're not, we, we don't have the budget to give you more controls, or we don't, want, <laughs> we don't care for it, or whatever it may be. But just figure it out. And they did that, and it's been incredible, because everyone's like, you know what? It's harder to play, but I'll I'll, I'll mess with it. You know, yeah. I'll, I'll deal with it. I think it was the fourth colossi. That's the uh, skeleton horse. Uh, oh yeah, that one took me. Yeah, it took weeks me a while. When I was younger. It took me a while to figure out. Uh, but then I realized. Oh, I, I, at first I was trying to use that temple in the middle to try and uh, you know adjust the height of it to see if I could jump on it and climb that way. And then I realized I those things hanging from its head. Um, that you have to climb on. I realized, okay, maybe if I hide in these trees, he'll lower his head and look in. And sure enough, oh, that's exactly what happened. M- Mike, so just to, I don't know, probably me and Jacob are on the same yeah. page. We went, I went a different approach. And my approach was just based off of me playing it the first time, like when I was younger. I remembered how to beat this guy, but I didn't do what you did. How did you um, do it? I, I did use the, the, so just to give explain to everyone, that this colossi is, like you said, a giant furry kind of like deer slash horse. And you're in the, the woods, and the only kind of sh- piece of shelter that you can use is this, like, four-way tunnel that, like, you can hide from. Because, obviously, these titans can just, or the Colossi can smash you. So you kind of are trying to find shelter. Um, so how I tackled it was you, I'd, sh- I'd shoot the Colossi as it's walking past a certain entrance. Because once you shoot it, it goes and checks the entrance that you're at. So when it goes to check, you just go to the opposite side, and its tail is on the ground. And you can jump right on it to take down that colossus. <laughs> oh, wow, and see, that, I, I I did something really similar, cool. except I used my horse to kind of draw his attention. And I think I would basically uh, draw his attention. And when he started coming over, get off the horse, go down the tunnel, and go to the one that's you know right across. And then, like you, Mo, get on the butt of the horse, or get yeah. on the butt of the, <laughs> so, the colossi. <laughs> So, did you guys Classic want some, like, general tips, I guess, on, like, some of, like, the... Give, not give the, me the like, hot tips. Some, some, yes, there, here's a little trick move that, I don't know if... It works sometimes, depending on the colossi. So, with that horse, when you're galloping fast, you press that triangle button, you, you kind fly. of get projected off of it. Yeah, you fly. I was like, everything in this horse is so tough to use, but jumping off is a dream. Yeah, it is. <laughs> so that's the thing. Like, I, I never thought about using it for that colossi, but when you said you jumped on your horse, Jacob, I thought maybe you charged it and then jumped and caught something. Because I don't see that as very a much like a difficult thing to do, and that's probably another way you can probably take some of these guys down. Um, but yeah, that's cool. We all had a different kind of yeah. approach to taking down the same gigantic thing for a game that came out 13 or 12 <laughs> years ago. I can't remember what you guys said. See, I use that same approach for Colossus number 6, the, uh, the, our old man in the basement of that temple. Mm-hmm. Um, that one, oh yeah, where he that guy killed to destroy me everything. Um, I just I let him destroy all of those things until I got towards the wall. I wait. I shot a couple arrows at him, and when he bent down, I jumped on his beard and you know went to town. 
Yeah, so with me, when I, when I tackled that guy, so like like exactly what you said, big, giant, bearded guy, kind of similar to the first Colossi, but you're inside of, like, a cave with him, so there's nowhere to run. So me, when I first, like, saw him, because when you spawn with this guy, he's right next to you. He's standing right next to you, and it's like, okay, what do I do now? There's no way I can take him down. He charged at me, crushed me, and then as soon as he took down a building, I saw the environment change, and just me playing this game before, I'm like, if something's changed with this environment, it has to do with, like, how to defeat him in some way. Right. So I saw a similar pillar thing. I was like, okay, let's follow me here, crushed <laughs> it. And then, and then after the second one, I could see that far corner that seemed like a little bit of shelter, and in my head, I'm like, instantly. I, as soon as you get there, he, that has to be, like, a spot where you can kind of sneak him or something and I did the same thing you did I, I think I might have whistled instead of I uh, shooting the arrow ah, I didn't and, realize the whistle would work on the Colossi wait the whistle works yeah. when you're not calling your horse yeah because it's noise these ah. guys the Colossi what? are built to like recognize anything so if you shoot something near them I believe that also triggers them but it's they're always looking to kill you so okay I'm getting more works. and more impressed with this game as we talk about it yeah and just remember it's obviously it's came out several years ago there was like really Nothing kind of like yeah. I I still think it's the best game ever, and I don't care what anyone says. But, but for me, that same Colossi, I don't know about you, but I didn't figure out, I didn't clue in that the beard was a thing. So I would obviously like dump a whole bunch of arrows into him to kind of get him to come and look oh. down. But mm-hmm. I initially thought that you had to like climb onto his legs and potentially do something there because I, I think back like to the first Colossi. one of the yeah one of the first colossi where you had to have him swing and break his armor when he hits like that platform his armor breaks and you can actually climb yeah, up colossi 3 so I, colossi yeah. 3 yeah so i thought i oh i'm like oh yeah i'll figure something out i actually tried for a long time to jump from his right arm where he puts his hand down from his right arm onto his torso because I thought that oh I could I could jump from his right arm to his torso and I actually had to look it up and go oh no I can just climb on his stupid friggin face and there's his beard I felt so stupid I had an issue with that one and the next colossi the seventh colossi because I didn't know that you had to stop the quills so I, I kept trying to cl- climb past them I'm like oh I can quickly make it past but kept dying and for both I had to look up strategies so I guess in that respect I'm a spoon-fed, entitled gamer. <laughs> <laughs> no, that's fair enough. Like, You're just getting old, I, like all of us. I guess, with, yeah, I, I have the unfair advantage of like just slightly remembering most of them, but some of them were completely forgotten. Like, So the bearded guy, completely forgotten. Um, the, the the one horse, the furry horse with like that tunnel system, that one I remembered vividly because I was stuck on it for so long. And then once I figured it out, it's like, oh, that's glued in my brain. I don't think I'll ever lose. <laughs> um, the skyscraper guy with the smash down, memorable moment. So I, I, I want it was easy to remember how to take him down. Um, and then the first one was obviously like spoon fed because they give you instructions yeah. the whole way. I honestly, um, I found because the visual language in this game with the the hairy parts or things that you can grab onto uh, is so consistent across the different colossi uh, that I found it was pretty easy to figure out how to tackle getting like killing the Colossi. Um, for me, I, f- I found the difficult part, at least when I was getting towards uh, 7 and 8, or 6, 7, and 8, uh, was how to get to the Colossi. I feel like I've had little trouble um, defeating the Colossi themselves or figuring out how to solve their puzzles, but f- figuring out how to do all the platforming or getting through the environmental issues or how to get to the correct area, um, I found yeah. that's just taken the most amount of time for me. And do I feel you like use the I'm map at all? Time. 
Uh, you- I've pulled up the map. I spend most of my time shining the sword to see you know where I need to go. Um, oh, I never use that map. Ever. Yeah, I've never used like, it for no reason. I, I, there's, I feel like I think it it helps in some way, or I might have like read somewhere it might help, but I just have never had a reason to. For me, I find that it's good to see when I've done a full circle of an area because it'll show you where you've been and where you started. Uh, and it shows yeah. your whole path. So I know that I've done a full, you know, 180 of a, of a space or 360. Um, and that's helpful to know. So that way I'm not like, is this a new spot? Is this just identical to another area? Um, so I find that helpful. Um, but yeah, like killing these colossi has not really been an issue for me. I think I've, I think I've completed the first eight uh, somewhere within three, three and a half hours. And I spent... Wow. Yeah, like 30, 45 minutes with that last 8th Colossi because it took me a while to figure out that you had to uh, shoot him from below and not from the top. Um, so that way he falls. Oh, like stab him from below? Um, well, you want to... The, the strategy that I use for that last biggest, or the 8th biggest Colossi is to um, lure him up to as high as you can, run down to the bottom and shoot arrows from above because the, oh. you know, the higher he falls or sorry, shoot arrows from below uh, because the higher he falls from the more he's stunned the, the longer he'll stay on the ground um, oh. And, oh, and you've noticed that, eh? I didn't even notice that Yeah, I hate the bow and arrow, uh, honestly with that oh, yeah, colossal it's, uh, it's very Nintendo like aiming, like you remember with this, like that Z-stick or whatever it's called? Yeah like it's, it's it's pretty hard to maybe that's I don't even know what maybe that's another thing that's making me think of Zelda like a mature version of Zelda. Um, when oh, I think but I game. don't think it's a it's as good as a Nintendo bow because you know it's wherever that your body is pointing. So say that your camera is pointing forward, but your body is pointed to the right. Your bow and arrow will start on the right. So it's it's just a little counterintuitive to the point where you know if i'm if i have to take out the bow i i want to give myself a little extra time because i may have to move the bow and arrow 90 degrees to get to where i'm shooting yeah yeah but uh, like you i actually took the- that i took that colossi completely differently than you did i actually just went had him go to the 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 bottom layer and then i would just go kind of one higher than him because and now it sounds so stupid but I went one higher than him shot him down so he was only falling one story and I would jump Uh-oh. down yeah that way it saves time when you're jumping yeah. down See, I but tried you get injured and- you hurt yourself when you do that right yeah yeah. it's worth it it's worth it I tried that and it, just, it was taking too long uh, for me anyway because I, I, w- I wasn't consistently getting there in time to take him down uh, and so I realized, like, I just need to get him to fall from a huge distance and then stab him, you know, a couple times. Yeah, so, funny story, I didn't want to tell you guys this, but I'm actually fighting that 8th Colossus right now, and I have been since the podcast started. <laughs> uh, so this whole time I've been multitasking, he has about, like, 10% health left, um, and the the tactics I was talking about, I was doing them real time right now. <laughs> uh, I'll let you know once I beat him, but Mo's just got as a heads hot, up. And I, Mo got some hot strats in the middle of our podcast here. <laughs> No, I, 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 the like, thing is, oh, like, attack him from below. No, my tactic with him. So I, I didn't remember this guy when I like first like when we started the podcast right now. Um, I and I approached him. I, I couldn't remember a thing, but he has glowing arms. 
So immediately, my thought process with all of them are like, there's there has to be hints on the body, mm-hmm. whether it's fur that's really low or fur that's high. But like for some reason, you can kind of tell it might come down in some way. But with this guy, each one of his arms are glowing, and then uh, his also his back is glowing. So when I first approached him, I'm like, yeah, let me just shoot him in those shiny parts. And sure enough, he starts climbing up and like attacking you. So I figured, hey, if he's gonna come up here, kind of like that one furry horse, let's try and run to the other side and see if I can get behind him. And then once I got behind him, I just take out two of his feet, and that's when he falls. And you guys know the story: <laughs> stab, 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 stab. I feel uh, yeah. I, this game gives me, from like a story perspective, the GBs uh, because. I feel like I shouldn't be trusting Dormammu or Dormir or whatever his name is that's uh, that's going to be saving our, our princess, our fair lady. I feel uh, like well, I'm killing babies. Yeah. Okay. Wait. They're not attacking one us until like one we second. get I ha- there. I have to stop you right there. What is this guy you're talking about, and who is he? Because to this day, I've played this game maybe ten times in full. Like I've killed these titans maybe ten times. Um, I do not even understand the story, and I'm okay with not understanding it. I love this like this bliss I feel of just taking these titans down. Who is this guy you're referring to? Is he that voice? Yeah, so from what I gather, the game starts out with uh, the main character bringing uh, the dead body of a princess, some a girl. Princess, yeah. You don't really get the story. But he brings her to this altar, uh, tears a cloth off, leaves her there, uh, and these dark spirits... Uh, materialize behind him and he points his sword the sword of light or something along those lines at these spirits and they disappear and then there's a voice from above comes and says oh the sword of light uh and you get into this discussion with them saying i need you the spirit of the netherworld to bring her soul back then he says i can't but you know or i won't that's not the that's not the rule of mortals but with that sword we might be able to what gotcha. you need to do is you need to take out all of these giants. And when you take out these giants, all of these statues will crumble. Um, yeah. And to me, like I think I think the name that he gives is Dormir or something along those lines. I think that's to right. To me, it just... It's, these, these colossi don't seem to be bothering anyone or attacking us until we go and attack them. Yeah, and, you're right. It's almost sad when you kill them, because like, you just brought down this like majestic thing. Yeah. It's like... Uh, I don't know if I really want to do this anymore. Yeah, and then the other thing about it is, if you think about like story tropes, it's often that like they have guardians or big things preventing some big disaster from happening or locking away some evil spirit. And it seems like, at least how I'm interpreting the story so far, is that we're making the deal with the deal with the devil that uh, these these colossi ah. are supposed to be here to prevent uh, this guy from getting free. Mm-hmm. And uh, and I think in exchange we're freeing him so that way we can get the soul back. But uh, but how did how did you feel about the story, Jake? Uh, I, I guess I feel like it's a it's it's almost like a storybook, like a fairy tale when you're a child, and it's not meant to be a complicated story. It's just hey, this this princess, this woman has passed on, and we will give you the opportunity to bring her back, maybe, if you do what I say. It gives me, like, a, a couple different vibes. Like I said, I feel like the whole time that, like, we're murdering unicorns just to get their power, or even from the look <laughs> of their faces, like, their faces look like babies' faces. They look like children's faces, and some of them just look so yeah. sad. And I'm just, I'm just killing babies or murdering unicorns to potentially get the chance to to gather their power 
it gives me a very um there's a lot of like god of war um one vibe to it in that like you or was it one or two whatever god of war spoilers um where you basically murder every single um greek god to take their power that's kind of the way i feel about this and then i also get like a mass effect 2 vibe in that you know remember those like uh, giant that giant baby reaper from i think mass effect 2 like that's that's the vibe that i get from the, these colossi as well not some of them but the ones that are humanoid that look like basically large buildings with baby faces on them i just feel like i've made a deal with the devil and then i'm just killing children the whole time it makes me feel it just we have makes a new byline so for down you. what's my byline <laughs> yeah you're no you're jacob mccourt baby killer <laughs> no <laughs> your, your alias yeah, nobody wants yeah, that no, byline <laughs> I think uh, I think our podcast title has to be Shout of the Colossus colon Killer of Babies. <laughs> uh, yeah, pretty much. So, uh, one thing about those statues, if you haven't noticed, or maybe you have, if you walk up to all of them, they resemble obviously the Colossi, and they kind of give you a little sneak peek as to, like what's about to come. Oh, see, so, yeah, um, I haven't gone to look at them yet. Yeah, so it's a, it's I didn't look at them the first playthrough, but like after a while, I'm like let me just kind of explore this area, and I remember them like. Like, for the flying one, you can kind of see wings there. It's kind of like a totem pole, but you can kind of see a little bit of, like, a hint. Whereas if you went there before, you would have been like, oh, I'm going to get this really cool snake or a really cool this, whatever it may be. The other th- uh, but yeah. the other thing about the story that's giving me this, uh, this hesitation is every time you kill a colossi, their dark spirit or whatever is inside yeah. of them attacks you, and you wake up back at the temple, and they're just standing around you. Um, yeah, and it it's absolutely weirds me out. It makes me feel like there's something not right happening. Yeah, I I, I guess I hear exactly what you're saying. It's kind of like a weird thing. Like it's, but it's all about like I don't know. It's very mysterious. Yeah, it's it's you kind of wake up. Those guys are just around you, and it's weird. But you're still like I have to finish the game. Yeah. I have to kill these colossi. You're still invested, and by the end, I found like I, I don't know. It's not to, I don't want to get into any spoilers at all, but it's, it's a, that emotion you guys feel of like, oh my god, I'm killing babies, as uh, Jake would say. Uh, <laughs> Jacob it, McCord, it baby develops color. like it develops continuously. Like it, it gets like worse and worse because obviously there's a different colossi you're going to encounter, and it's just builds up. Yeah, the, yeah, the whole like flying spaghetti monster that comes to take you away after you've defeated a colossi, like <laughs> that to me, yeah. there's just yeah. a lot of mystery around the game that I don't necessarily feel as though we'll get a, a resolution to by the end. Right. Oh, and, and I'm appreciating so one thing, that. Yeah, one thing I want to mention to you guys, remember early on in the podcast it was like, oh, like the camera's slow, the mechanics are tricky, the controls, while well, those tricky mechanics, those slow controls are making you feel all these kinds of emotion from like a PS2 game with potato graphics. That's kind of one of the reasons too, that's like, that's one of the reasons why it's like, it's. I think it's a sweet game is because like, yeah, it's not most polished, the horse kind of lapses out and does its own thing every once in a while, sometimes you can't jump on it quick enough, or you, you fall off, a, all, off of a colossi just because you didn't press R1 quick enough, mm-hmm. but like, you're getting all these weird feels, and like if the storyline's kind of weird, but it's still affecting you. I think like bang for the buck. At the time, it was it's it's the re- it's it's the reason why it's it's done so well is because of the total package it comes with. Yeah, but what what's cool is we're we're not only commenting on the the story like the arc completely, but we're also like talking about our own personal stories 
uh, of storytelling within each colossi, right? So you talk mm-hmm. about how I, you know, how I defeated it. So I, I realized that it was aggressive. So I made sure to hide, and then I went for this part of his body. Realized that he had this. Like each of us is coming away with a very unique story take, not only from the arc but also within each colossi, which is cool. Yeah, I completely agree. I I, I was feeling more. Uh, down on this game until we started talking about it and finding out all the the little tricks here and there, the the different ways that you can tackle all these colossi. I had just assumed that the way that I tackled it was the way that you know everyone was tackling it, um, and I, I find yeah. it really cool to hear that you know we've all been tackling it different ways. Um, yeah, and, the, and I think that's part of it too. It's it's cool. Like there's a, obviously there might be a linear way, like the best way, but it's not the only way. Yeah, I think I think that's a good point. I think it's uh, I think it's a good way to sum up how to play this game. There's there's many ways to do it. Yeah. Uh, the last n- thing that I want to mention about the story is that I, I think uh, I think the idea of leaving so many questions unanswered, uh, like we don't even know who this girl is yet. Um, this ambient storytelling that you're finding out a lot about the world, you're finding out a lot with with just the way that you're interacting with it. I think that's one of my favorite ways to to learn about stories or to experience stories in games. It makes me think of Half-Life 2, that, you know, you learn so much of, about the world just by being in it. And I, yeah, I don't know as you, you go, can. you get pieces. Yeah, as you go, you get pieces here and there, and you're okay with not knowing much. Um, yeah. And it's the spaces in between that allow your imagination to, you know, go free and imagine all of the possibilities. Yeah, not every game needs a thousand audio logs and ten thousand fake emails <laughs> that are written between uh, fake colleagues. I, I mean, as a fan of the original Bioshock, uh, that has its t- time and place, and that has a place in my heart. But filling mm-hmm. in those blanks when we talk together, see, I don't necessarily think if I did this by myself that I would have the same thought process about it. I might just say like, oh, it's lazy. It's like a children's book. Like I have to interpret the story. <laughs> like I'm just thinking of like my inner game snob coming out, just saying like, oh, they didn't fill in anything of the story. What am I supposed to interpret from that? <laughs> right. See, the the more that I've been uh, thinking about the different types of media, the more I've been realizing that the less information you give people, right? If, if you think about, um, like, why people like books more than they like the eventual movie adaptation, it's because with the books, there's so much less that it gives you, even if it gives you more events that happen. Um, and it allows your imagination to fill in more. When you think of a movie, it's all there. Words, pictures, sound, everything. Um, you, you imagine it, in as if it was real life because it's it's as close to real life as I think you're going to experience with a form of entertainment right there. Um, so I, I love this idea of not filling in a lot of these blanks and giving as much freedom to the imagination to fill in as much as possible. Yeah. Uh, so like I mentioned too, I, I I was playing this game and I beat that Colossi a couple minutes ago. Um, <laughs> One thing, one thing I kind of want to randomly mention because I'm just riding on this horse and just like going to nowhere. Next time you play this game, just spend like a minute or two just riding that horse and just watching its footwork. So it sounds like a really silly <laughs> thing and a silly concept. Honestly, but I, I have. promise you. Okay, yeah, just just walk slowly or like just click X once to make it just gallop once. And it's Jacob, you mentioned it earlier, and I never really paid attention much to it. It's 
it's surprisingly realistic, like how it moves, how it behaves. If you like shake its head one way, it takes a second for it to whip, and then it finally moves its body because it's obviously a heavy object and it's trying to move its body just like a regular horse. It's not an instant gallop. Um, and then the biggest thing, this is something that I noticed in, a, I think it was an NBA Live like 2008 release when the PS3 came out. They were kind of showing off the PS3 performance and how now they're able to, like, when a basketball player is moving on the court, he's not just an object that swivels around like a, a pivot point. He actually has feet that move in that pivot point, so he looks like he's a natural person moving his legs. The horse is doing the same thing. It's not like a static horse that rotates on a single pivot. It's a horse with four individual legs that move left and right based off of where the other legs are and makes it look like fluid. Small little thing, but like, remember, PS2 game? Like, this is, and then take into consideration, like, the giant, like, arena that you're in with every colossi. It's it's something I, I don't know if you guys missed or maybe didn't notice, but something to check out. No, I definitely missed it. And I go back and think about, as you talk about NBA Jam, I think about sports titles back in the kind of that era as well when they started separating the ball or the puck from the players and made it its own independent object and how players would react differently i know mike you're a big fan of fifa i grew up playing a lot of nhl when they made that ball or puck its own independent object game changer so that's a bit of a non sequitur but i think you understand where my brain is going yeah the the horse is the puck Hashtag realistic horses. <laughs> oh, it's so realistic. I, I'm just, I'm in awe. I, mean, I, might, I might seem like I'm not paying attention, but it's literally because I'm just staring at this horse as it runs. It's it's super cool. Anyways, back to the, the topic at hand. Uh, are there any other, oh. you know, we've talked a lot about the story. Um, we've talked a lot about the graphics. Um, I, I guess from here, I just kind of ask a final um, does this game kind of hold up for you? Are you are you glad that you've kind of taken this journey so far? Mo, you go for it. Okay, so I, obviously I've played this game several times before. Last time I played it might have been like five or six years ago, maybe on the PS3. I, it still holds up to me. I I, I, get, I have that nostalgia feel to it. Like it's it, it hits me home. It's it's my childhood. And you know what? You know how they say like never meet your heroes, like or never go back to something that was great. I'm I'm pretty content with going back to this. It's been just like I remembered it, if not like better now that like I can kind of see it from a different point of view, and especially that I'm talking to a bunch of people about it. I'm, it holds up to me. And if you guys say anything bad about it, I'm gonna feel personally attacked. So Mike, <laughs> you can take it from here. <laughs> well, with uh, with a low stakes uh, opinion on the line, uh, not my entire friendship with Mo at stake. Um, I at first I felt like it didn't hold up, especially because of you know we talked about it. The controls are slow, laggy, awkward. Um, the graphics, I didn't really think met what uh, what I was expecting, especially you know on the TV that I was using. Um, but the more that I talk about it with you guys, the more that I'm realizing all of these different ways to to beat this game, to you know defeat these colossi, um, that that aspect of it has really energized me and excited me about playing this more. And to me, that's a sign that I, I think it's still holding up. Um, you know, it, it, that's if we set aside entirely the whole concept of Sony continuously remastering and remaking this game as, as a sign that it holds up. Um, I, I'm finding that 
our discussion right now has re-energized me and it made me feel like I want to play this game more uh, to find all the different ways that I can do this. And I might I might even play it more than once. So I guess we'll see what happens when we get to the, the back half, the, the other eight that we have to complete. Mm-hmm. Jake, what do you think? Um, I guess I would share similar feelings. I have a really hard time... Um, you know, as we get older, and I'm sure a lot of people listening can sympathize with where you're at as you get older and like, I'm not even married or have children, but you know, the demands on your time become, um, greater as you get older. So it's harder to kind of set aside time or no, you have to set aside time specifically to play games. And when I do that, I usually have a game and I just play it to the end and I'm not really a hundred percent guy. Like I don't know in my entire life if I've 100%ed many games. Um, all that to say, I will probably only play this game once and only play it once forever. Um, I couldn't tell you a game that I've played more than once. I'd have to think about it. I may have done it, but I don't play games more than once. But I think having this conversation with you, I agree, has kind of re-energized my, um, my feelings toward the game, but also... I'm really appreciative that we have this forum to be able to talk about it and not only discuss what we thought, like a lot of us have, we have similar thoughts about it, but we also have different thoughts. So I'm glad we have this forum. I only will play it once, but I think that when I look back on it, like a lot of the games that I look back very fondly, like I look back fondly on uh, Legend of Zelda Wind Waker, that's one, for example, Bioshock. I look back on those games very fondly. I think despite playing it 12 games later, 12 years later, and playing it on the original console instead of the PS3 remake or the PS4 remaster that's coming, I think that I'm going to look back very fondly on this game, but I don't know if I'd look back as fondly if I didn't have two people playing it with me. Because I think if I if I had it in isolation by myself, I would just kind of be like, eh, yeah, 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 whatever. It's 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 good. It's fine. <laughs> yeah, I, I agree. Yeah, I hear you. Uh, any other points you guys want to bring up before we bring this one to a close? Uh, no, just so the game plan is we're going to try out the next eight colossi and kind of give a quick little summary of that once we've knocked that out. Uh, any timeline, guys? I think we're just kind of, and Mike, you can kind of talk as well. We're trying to just feel this this process out. Um, I think, you know, yeah. in future episodes, we'll kind of know exactly like, hey, two weeks from now, have this done. But but for now, I think we're just going to kind of play it by ear. Yeah. Feel it out. Cool. Yeah. You know, um, I know, Jake, you're just starting a new job and we all have busy schedules. Congrats. Congrats. Yeah, I just um, moved to a new city too. Be- so this apartment yeah. is a mess. <laughs> Right. Yeah, I can only imagine. But uh, but I found that this game is pretty quick to get through. And uh, while each Colossi is taking more and more time, I think we can probably uh, tackle another yeah, episode in the next week or two. Cool. Absolutely. Yeah, so, so stay tuned. Stay tuned. And remember, you can see everything uh, Left Behind Game Club at leftbehindgame.club you can follow us on Twitter at leftbehindclub and do we have other URLs that point to this site? I feel like we've you you guys have bought a few (laughs) don't don't please don't buy killingbabies.com please that might be um, we might buy and just redirect it it's too late might as well we already own (laughs) jacobmccourtbabykiller.ca no (laughs) no regardless if there are any other URLs we can definitely post them um and they'll be available to everyone great um mike uh where can people find you on the internet you can find me at michaelruflo.com and on twitter 
at R-U-F-F-O-L-O-M. That's my handle. Mo? Same thing, uh, except not with that name. Uh, it's, I'm, <laughs> well, yeah, my handle's the same across the board. Every little bit of social media, you'll find me at M-M-U-R-T-A-D-I. Uh, and then my personal website is the same thing, M-M-U-R-T-A-D-I.com. And uh, for me, it's it's at Jacob McCord on everything and uh, at Jake, uh, not at JacobMcCord.com because that would be silly, uh, JacobMcCord.com. Uh, guys, I want to thank you for your time today. It was very exciting to talk about the game. It's definitely re-energized me. Um, until next time. Yep, see you guys. See ya. Bye. I, I don't kill babies. <laughs>